Hello and welcome to the Friday, February 5th, 2021, Still Waiting for Caucus Results edition of On Iowa Politics. <laughs> this week, the still quotable Steve King, Republicans Play Defense, and SOS. Hi, I'm James Lynch of the Cedar Rapids Gazette. With me today are Brett Hayworth of the Sioux City Journal. Good morning, Brett. Good morning. Tom Barton of the Quad City Times. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, James. Amy Rivers of the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, James. And Gazette Opinion Editor Todd Dorman. Good morning, Todd. Good morning. You can find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to On Iowa Politics wherever you find your podcast. First up, gone but still talking. Surprise, surprise, former U.S. Rep Steve King is defending Marjorie Taylor Greene, who, like a celebrity, is already going by her initials, MTG. MTG! <laughs> Brett, you might have worried you wouldn't have Steve King to provide fodder for stories, but he came through for you this week uh, in true Steve King fashion. Um, what's he What's he talking about? What's, what does he have to say? Yeah, I've been kind of monitoring his Twitter here and there just to make sure I didn't miss anything lately. And, and uh, my boss, uh, one of my editing, editing bosses contacted me yesterday. I said, I think we need to do a story on, on Taylor Green and what Steve King is saying. And I, I'd seen a few tweets and I said, yep, we need to, to do that story. So, so uh, yes, he's about five weeks out of, out of office, but still making news. So um, I guess he, you know, as a, as a definite, far right, you know, wing of the party, he saw a person who, um, you know, in his view is, you know, a plain spoken conservative, you know, pointing to truths and, you know, things that are, you know, amiss in, in the country. And, you know, she's obviously in battle for her QAnon and, and some of these conspiracy theories and there's the new footage, I guess it was a couple years old, but this footage of her following the, um, school shooting um, student, um, you know, who, who had lost a bunch of fellow classmates, um, just you know, being very, um, you know, strident in, in her tone and her, her approach and stuff. And I guess Steve King saw her, you know, sees her as, as a kindred spirit and, and um, with the move to remove her from committees, obviously that hit home because, you know, he was stripped of his committees basically you know, two years ago, right now, you know, as, as that term began and, and yeah, absolutely. He's um, pushed back that she should not um, uh, be removed. Um, and ultimately that, you know, that house vote did happen yesterday and, and you know, she is going to be removed, but he also used um, his tweets and, and, and I, these are just going on, on tweets, James. Um, I haven't, mm -hmm. you know, I haven't had, had talked to him, but he also was able to bring up his old grievances with um, Kevin McCarthy. Of Right. So that, so in, in, in those, he's, he's made sure to, you know, that this is Kevin McCarthy's fault for not standing up firmly enough for her and, and, you know, that he needed to buck up and, and, and do right by her in the way that he apparently didn't do right by Steve King two years ago when taking him off those committees. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Brett, have you asked Steve King where he was on January 6th? I, I have not. Huh. Mm. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I'm guessing that a, a month into the new session of Congress, Kevin McCarthy probably is asking himself if uh, MTG is the price he has to pay for pushing out Steve King. 
Um, you know, got rid of one of one thorn in his side, but got another one who, who might be a bigger thorn actually. Um, so uh, Green and her statements she made prior to being elected to the House have put Republicans in a, in a tough spot, um, just as they thought they were getting a break from the constant, uh, constantly defending former President Donald Trump's comments and behavior. Here comes MTG. Tom, uh, what have Senators Grassley and Ernst had to say about the Congresswoman from QAnon? Yeah, so uh, Ernst on Tuesday uh, told reporters, quote, she doesn't represent the party. I don't want her to be the face of our party. We don't need people that are promoting violence or anything like that. Um, Grassley, talking to reporters on Wednesday, um, echoed that uh, Green shouldn't be the the face of the Republican Party and that uh, he wouldn't disagree with anything that that Senator Ernst has said. Um, And while not presuming to, quote, speak for the wisdom or lack of wisdom of the people of Georgia uh, who, who voted for Green, um, Grassley said, uh, quote, but that's not uh, the way the Republican Party is. So they, you know, have both criticized um, Green and uh, what um, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell characterized as Looney Tunes uh, conspiracy theories that uh, are, you know, detached from reality you know, they, they both said, look, you know, she, she doesn't speak for the party. This is not what, you know, Republicans, um, are about, um, and, and, you know, continue to kind of condemn and and criticize, um, her Looney Tunes beliefs. Yeah. Um, has, has Marionette Miller Meeks weighed in on this yet, Tom? yeah, uh, not not that I've seen. Um, I, I saw that um, uh, Representative Ashley Henson, uh, you know, weighed in on this, um, you know, condemning um, uh, MTG's comments, but, you know, stopping short of um, joining with Democrats and calling for her to be um, censured and, and stripped of her um, committee assignments like um, like Steve King. But yeah, as as of late, I, I haven't seen anything from Miller Meeks. OK. How about Randy Feenstra, Brett? Has he had anything to say about his fellow fresh woman? Nothing publicly. I've been kind of looking around for that, and you know, in, in the recent yeah. days, and and he has not. Yeah, and and, and Amy, as, as Tom mentioned, uh, Representative Ashley Hinson, um, who was seated next to MTG in some photos from like. Uh, first days of the new session and um, people were commenting on that. I remember uh, people wondering why she was next to Green, but um, she weighed in like everybody else. Mm-hmm. She's being asked about uh, uh, Green and her comments. Uh, what was her response? Well, I, I talked with her uh, this morning. She holds a press call on Friday mornings and, and she, you know, doubled down in, in saying, you know, I, I didn't vote. You know, I, she wasn't one of the 11 Republicans that, that joined the majority Democrats in voting to strip her of the committee assignments. Um, uh, but she she did say, you know, her previous rhetoric and conduct were unacceptable. Um, and and if it happens in the future, she says she definitely will call party leadership to hold her accountable. But she thinks that she doesn't, that the body shouldn't be setting a precedent. She thinks it's it's bad idea to punish people who were voted in by their constituents for their past conduct. That should be the, you know, priority of the voters to decide on that, not Congress. Um, so it'll be interesting going forward um, if Marjorie Taylor Greene does continue with the rhetoric. Um, 
you know. You and what are the odds of that? Yeah, right. You Well, you can see on Twitter, you know, she's already saying, you know, these are the 11 Republicans, you know, we're going to go get them, you know, in the elections and, and things like that. But you can you can sort of see she's not backing down. I think she she knows her base. You know, she was voted by her base. So so I think, you know, it'll be really interesting. You know, she's she's got two years of no committee assignments. That's a tough prospect. You know, it, it sunk Steve King. So you got to wonder if it, it's also going to sink MTG. Yeah, that, that allowed Steve King to actually do town halls. I mean, he, he had been coming off a period with with no town halls. And to to be clear, he he had announced that he was going to do town halls um, like a week before this. The New York Times piece all broke, but then it, it was interesting because then we could every one of those town halls. The 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 topic was, you know, what is Steve King going to say about the committees? And he and these. I'm sorry, I'm way off on a tangent here, James. But uh, no, go ahead. So, these are 60 minute town halls and I would say, and I saw a good, good chunk of them for the first 20 minutes, he would re-air his grievances about the New York Times article. And so it'd be about the 20 minute mark. He would finally take questions. <laughs> yeah. It was therapeutic for him. I'm sure. Yeah, I guess. Well, speaking of being off to a bad start, uh, president, Joe Biden is getting off to a good start. Um, roughly 17 days into his administration, a national Quinnipiac poll found that 61% of Americans are optimistic about the next four years with Joe Biden as president. A Gallup poll found that 57% had a job approval rating slightly below, 57% uh, job approval rating, which is slightly below the 60% historical average for presidents elected since World War II. And uh, his 37% disapproval rating is among the highest for president's first reading, second only to Donald Trump's 45% disapproval rating. Uh, Todd, how long will the honeymoon last? Yeah, I, I'm not even sure presidents get honeymoons anymore. I think that sort of went out in the, like the mid nineties. You know, I think when George W. Bush, won, you know, won the disputed election with the, you know, the votes in Florida, I, I don't think he got much of a honeymoon. And I think since then, new presidents, Obama, Trump, there, <laughs> there really just hasn't been this era, you know, this period of good feeling after they take office. It's mostly been, okay, the, the losing side starts to strategize on how they can boot them in four years. So, uh, but, you know, he's getting some stuff done, which, you know, is always, is seems to be popular. People like, government to function he's he's acting on some things that he campaigned on climate and and uh, racial injustice and and those issues and you know he's he's doing what he can through executive orders which isn't optimal but uh as we just talked about congress is not exactly the most functional place on earth so uh yeah i think i think as long as he is getting things done that people like He's poised now to get a, a COVID relief package through Congress, which I think uh, a lot of people are waiting for and, and hoping for. So I would expect his job approval to, get, to to stay fairly, you know, in that upper 50, low 60 range for a while. But, you know, things come up and, and, and there's going to be, you know, the country's divided uh, mm -hmm. heavily. So, yeah, that's about the best you can hope for is to just sort of uh, continue to to function and get things done. How important do you think is sort of this first impression of Biden? You know, it, it may not last um, beyond a month or so, but um, 
I think we saw what? the opposite thing happen with Donald Trump. That he, I don't think he ever yeah. had that sort of, like you said, good feeling. That era well, no, of good I mean, feeling. Yeah, well, I mean, he he gave a an inaugural address that focused on American carnage. So right. <laughs> it wasn't. He, I mean, I don't think he was looking for a feel good moment. I I think he was he was going to play on the fears that helped him get elected, and he continued to do that, obviously, through his presidency. Uh, <clears throat> but you know, first impressions are important. I remember when. When Bill Clinton took office, uh, the, one of the first things that happened is he got tangled up in the whole "don't ask, don't tell" mm-hmm. controversy, and I think that that marred the first year of his presidency. He didn't get off on the right foot; his his approval rating sagged. Uh, so, yeah, I think Biden's doing the. You know, I think they were prepared day one with the, with the agenda that they were going to pursue through executive orders, and so it's it's kind of like a football team where you have that first. You know, twenty plays already mapped out before you, before you start the game. I think that's what they had, and so far, they've they've you know, called a pretty good game plan. So you're comparing Joe Biden to Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady? Oh well, I mean, Tom Brady's closer to him in age. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I would, I wouldn't. But still, only half his age. Well, and 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 Joe Biden's, uh, you know, record. You know, and running for president, he's he's what what is he one in three? So that's now yeah. <laughs> not such a great not such a great record. Right. <laughs> uh, I I did notice that neither of these uh, polls uh, on the Biden presidency asked whether people missed presidential tweets. So I guess that's yeah. I well, I don't think I don't think I do. I it seems yeah. But there is this big blood, hole in your morning. Pressure. Yeah. Well, my I think my blood pressure is maybe down just a little bit because of that. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> James, that reminds me that my first in the last election cycle, the first time I was able to um, interview Biden one on one, turned this into a, a separate story. But I just asked him, how do you intend to use Twitter? You know, do you, will you use it like like Trump? And, and he, he really smiled. And, and um, um, he said, if I do have it, it will be you know completely different. But what Todd says is true. I mean, think of how much time we spend looking like what, what is the, you know, how, how many, was there 15 of them from the overnight and, and such? And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I wonder about the people that spent a lot of their time responding. I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, you know, there's just millions of people that were like, you're terrible. I mean, they, they would have to do that. I mean, they do it multiple times a day. I don't, I wonder what they're doing now. <laughs> Productivity will soar. Yeah. Maybe they're doing puzzles or I, I don't know, something. Something constructive, yeah. Yeah. Amy, um, Republicans like Chuck Grassley and Ashley Hinson uh, have said they're willing to work with Joe Biden on pandemic relief, on tax relief, biofuels, uh, lowering prescription drug costs, insert whatever your priority is here. And and yet they they seem to be drawing some lines in the sand. Um, Should we expect bipartisanship to continue, or is this like, Halftime and the tribes have just changed ends of the field. The ins are out and the outs are running the White House and Congress now. Right, right, right. I, I think they're, you know, they're probably realistic. Um, Hanson's a freshman, so she's still learning how it all works. Um, but I'm sure she's been paying attention um, or, or should have been as a journalist, obviously, to, to what's been going on in Congress. You know, everybody's got their priorities. She was talking about um, how she, you know, 
There are some things she agrees with. There are some things she doesn't. Um, she, you know, is obviously not on the side of including a $15 uh, minimum wage bill in the COVID relief budget, um, saying that it, you know, harms small businesses. She um, is against um, the PRO Act, which House Democrats just introduced, which um, she sees as a gift to union bosses, you know, so there are still, even in the minority party, you can, you can still, you know, make noise and, and let the people know that you're, you know, still fighting for the cause. Now, what that cause is for Republicans, maybe a matter of debate at this point, um, but I think for, for Hanson, it's still, uh, you know, settled on, on, on the moderate side of things, the, the conservative you know, put more tax dollars back to you and, and make sure we're getting government regulation out. So I don't really see that changing. Um, whether it's going to influence um, bills that ultimately come out of there, you know, I, I think you know, her, she's she thinks that her, her more bipartisanship work will be better served in those committees, budget appropriations that she's serving on um, rather than the body as a whole, because obviously Republicans are in the minority and they're aware of it. Uh, Tom, quickly bring us up to date on the second district. Um, not big development this week, but there there was a bit of news uh, out of uh, the Marionette Miller Meeks campaign. Yeah. Um, so uh, Rita Hart's campaign and the the Iowa Democratic Party have been highlighting that uh, these twenty two um, ballots that they argue were um, legally cla- legally cast, but um, uh, not not counted or, or rejected due to errors by election workers, and and saying that they should be counted, and would <clears throat> reverse the the outcome of the race and put um, Rita Hart ahead by nine votes. Um, so this week, um, uh, we uh, learned that um, the attorney for um, Marionette Miller Meeks um, was, I guess, uh, apparently um, on the hunt uh, for uh, more rejected ballots, or was digging around in several counties um, that uh, Marionette Miller-Meeks had won handily, um, looking for, um, you know, a handful of, of rejected or uncounted ballots, um, ostensibly to hedge their bet should their motion to dismiss um, Hart's election contest be denied um, by the House Committee on, on Administration and they decide to uh, investigate the historically close um, six-vote win. Um Miller Meeks' attorney uh, has argued up to this point that all legal ballots have been counted and that um, Rita Hart had uh, cherry-picked ballots that put her ahead, um, though three of the 22 ballots that they identified um, were cast for Marianette Miller Meeks, um, and uh, also uh, contends that the, the ballots represent routine errors that occur in every election. Um However, in, in their motion to dismiss, Miller Meeks lawyers did not present any additional ballots, they say, should also um, have been counted. Um, but on Monday, um, like I said, her attorney was was on the hunt for rejected absentee ballot envelopes. Um, however, according to uh, reporting today from the Iowa City Press Citizens, it, it appears that he didn't make it very far. Um, in addition to reaching out to Appanoose County, um, he reportedly also contacted auditors and staff and Clark, Davis, Decatur, Henry, and Lee counties um, asking for copies of any absentee or provisional ballots that, that were rejected during the November recount. But um, as I mentioned, what, if anything, he found in, in, in the hunt is, is um, not clear. Um, the attorney did not return my messages, and a spokesman for Miller Meeks' campaign would not comment beyond saying that this was, you know, conducting normal 
due diligence, uh, quote, on all legal and factual issues presented by Rita Hart's effort to, uh, to overturn the results of the election. And so the saga continues. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Um, looking ahead, uh, this week, Lynn County Auditor Joel Miller announced he's exploring a run for Secretary of State. If he runs, I'm assuming it will be as a Democrat. Uh, it would be a battle of two Lynn County candidates who have repeatedly clashed on how to con conduct uh, elections. Sometimes it has seemed that Miller enjoyed more support from Lynn County Republicans than Democrats. He's been primaried and, thre and threatened to challenge Democratic incumbents. He changes the party affiliation to, to independent when he was seeking a seat on the county board. Uh, Tom, Todd, Miller didn't give a full-throated commitment to running. Uh, is he just messing with Paul Pate? Uh, you know, it's possible, although I think, I think he probably is serious about potentially running. I, you know, he, as you mentioned, he tried to run for the County Board of Supervisors as an independent. I think, you know, he's been auditor for, I, I forget exactly how long, at least maybe two or three terms. I think maybe he's looking for other challenges, it seems. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's possible that, that, that he might run. Now, I mean, the biggest factor is who else is among Democrats is interested in running against Pate because I mean Miller is well known in Lynn County, but I think beyond that I'm not I'm not sure, you know how well he's known throughout the state or in, or or in you know, state Democratic Party circles. I he has been sort of a, as you as you sort of mentioned, he's been kind of a, uh, he's a Democrat, but you know Republicans don't nominate anyone to run against him because they like him because he's he's clashed over the years with Democratic supervisors and other Democratic office holders over disputes, you know, budgeting disputes and whether his office could audit and all of these different things. So he's, he's a fairly controversial figure among, among local Democrats. You mentioned the primary challenges that he's drawn. Uh, so I'm not sure how much base of support he would have in Lynn County in a, in a Democratic statewide primary. And beyond that, you know, I don't, I don't know that, that he would have a, you know, a statewide impact, but uh, he, he certainly got some uh, some ideas about how elections should be conducted. So I guess he would be, if he's going to bring those to the to the, the primary campaign, that would be welcome. Yeah, I, I did notice that the day after um, the story about him exploring a run for Secretary of State appeared in the Gazette. I received a fundraising appeal from Pate, so I guess <laughs> someone's taking it seriously. Yeah, and I, I have not heard any other names. I mean, I don't, no. I mean, this is, you know, there isn't a lot of, uh, you know, behind the scenes people talking about who's going to run for Secretary of State. That's, you know, yeah. well, I mean, it's important, but it's not, you know, you know so. Deirdre Dejir ran. And mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of people were pretty uh, impressed by her. I don't know if she would run again or not. Um, certainly, uh, uh, she's probably better known statewide than Joel Miller at this point, just because she's run a statewide campaign. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, it's not one of those uh, positions that uh, people tend to line up for this yeah. far ahead of the election. So. Well, and you know, if other Democrats conclude that Pate will probably win and they want to focus those resources on other races, legislature, governor and stuff, I mean, it's possible that Miller could could run and get the nomination and sure. You know, yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, that's it for this edition of On Iowa Politics, but 
before we go, we can't sign off without saying goodbye to one of our colleagues. Um, this will be Brett's last uh, podcast with us. Um, Brett, uh, was it something we said? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just, I, it's, you've just botched so many podcasts, James. I just, I just couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't persevere any longer. So. <laughs> I'm surprised anybody's lasted this long. Yeah. <laughs> leave while you can. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, we can leave? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, this is my last podcast. This is actually my last day for the Sioux City Journal after about 18 and a half years. And perhaps the end of... It appears 25 years of journalism. I was worked at the Carroll Times Herald before I came here, and um, it's funny. I, I think a few weeks ago I uh, thought about it and didn't think I should actually. I didn't know if that sounded too um, unprofessional or whatever, but I did throw in my farewell column. My career completely overlapped with Steve King's. I came in in 2002, which was his first um, for for the U.S. House when as he won, and Steve King exited about five weeks ago when he did not win re-election after 18 years. And I guess maybe I just couldn't put up with not having Steve King to, <laughs> to, to cover on a day, daily basis, I guess. So, and my, my, I guess my point is that I um, outlasted him, so to speak, by about a month. <laughs> but yes, but I, I'm moving on to a, a position at Barcliff um, University, sort of administrative post um, here in Sioux City and, and happy for that opportunity. But I really enjoyed the podcast over the years. And this will show, I guess, my lack of show prep, but how far back does the, how many years have we been doing the podcast? Five or six? Uh, at Five. least six. Okay. Um, I mean, Mike Weiser started it. Uh, so I'm guessing it's like maybe seven years ago we started okay. this. Yeah. Um, Aaron uh, could tell us how long he's been doing it and then we could add a year or two. Um, but Aaron couldn't be here today, but he didn't want to uh, let you go without saying goodbye. Hey, everyone. And Brett, I'm sorry I couldn't make it for your last podcast, but I wanted to record this message so I could say, Dan, so all our listeners could hear that as you leave us and the Sioux City Journal, I'm, of course, very happy for you, but also selfishly very sad to see you go. Uh, Brett, for nearly 20 years, you have produced outstanding political coverage, Dan Moore, for readers in Siouxland and all over the state. And for me personally, Brett, you've been a tremendous colleague and partner on this Lee Gazette political coverage team. Your collaboration and counsel have been invaluable, and I'll miss those things greatly. And on top of that, you've been not only a tremendous colleague, but I also consider you a friend. Now, having said all that, I hope to someday actually meet you in person. So, Brett, congratulations <laughs> on the job. Extremely well done. And all the best in the next adventure. And thank you. <laughs> I, I think Aaron uh, speaks for all of us here on the podcast and uh, wish you the best of luck at Briarcliff. And uh, hope, I hope you become a listener. That's right. Yeah. Why, why would I stop now? <laughs> right. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> well, this really is it for this edition of On Iowa Politics. And of course, you can find us on the home pages of the Quad City Times, Sioux City Journal, Muscatine Journal, Mason City Globe Gazette, Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier, and the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Dead Larry will take us out. If you know an Iowa band or musician who should be on our show, send us a sound file and subscribe to On Iowa Politics on iTunes and Stitcher. For Brett, Amy, Tom, Todd, and our producer, Stephen, I'm James Lynch. Thanks for listening. Stay well. I'm getting sold now.